Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. Welcome to our first episode of the new year. I am so excited for what I have in store for us this year on the podcast. I am kind of changing directions a little bit and focusing more on the sexual, sexual health side of things and how that plays into women's health. So I have all kinds of good things planned this year, a lot of really fun, hot, juicy topics, and I just cannot wait to share all of them with you guys. So our first one that we are talking about this year is ethical porn. I have a special guest joining us to talk more about what exactly is it, where can you find it, and what do you do when you have children that are potentially exposed to porn and how do you help support them on that journey? So I hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, I want to make sure that you have heard about my Unleash Your Sexual Energy, the orgasmic manifestation experience that is happening here soon, January 18th. I am having this interactive live experience to help you use orgasmic manifestation to unleash your 2022 goals and make all of them a reality. Did you know that 53% of people give up on their New Year's goals by January 19th? But this will not be you this year. Join me for Unleash Your Sexual Energy, the orgasmic manifestation experience to learn the tips and tricks that I have for creating your own orgasmic manifestation ritual that is going to help you step into the person that you are becoming. This is so powerful and I cannot wait to have you there with me. If you are thinking, wow, this sounds awesome. I definitely want more information go to unleash.jordandonnell.com. I can't wait to see you there. Joining me today is Lotus Lane. She is a Dama Matrix cam girl and adult performer since 2012. She is now the FSC's Industries Relation Advocate, a producer and activist working with ACLU to decriminalize sex work. She has also been working to influence change around the way sex workers are portrayed in the mainstream media while shifting the perspective of how explicit sex stories are told. I am so excited to chat with you today about ethical porn. And this is kind of one of the topics that keeps coming up about where are good places to find porn? What in the world is ethical porn? And I'm just excited to chat with you more about that. Do you maybe want to start and tell me a little bit about ethical porn and why you are an expert for that? I guess that's something you could say. Yeah, I'm knowledgeable just because um, it's something that, I mean, I've taken into account with the types of jobs that I would take on. As far as ethical, people always focus on what they're seeing on screen, like ethical, as far as like some people interpret that as like 
soft lighting and camera effects and um, moving slower in the act of sex, which I don't really think that that makes something more ethical is the visual aesthetics. It looks more pleasing to sensitive eyes rather than like really rigorous, hardcore sex scenes. But I don't think that just because you're seeing softer sex on camera means that it was produced in a more ethical way than what you see in a hardcore extreme sex blobing that that could have been produced in the most ethical of manners, which some people might be surprised to find out that there, there is the line between what is ethical and what is not. So it doesn't come down to just the, you know, cause some people think of it as that. And it's like, that kind of leads to kink shaming, Like, well, that type of sex is not ethical because you can see people are in distress and it's too much. And I'm like, honestly, some people like to be put in a situation of distress, like bondage, for instance, that's not unethical. Those are some of the most ethical sets that I've been on. So to say what is ethical, I would say it's something that aligns with your personal ethics, you as an individual. And I can't paint that that picture for you. You know what is the line for you. For some people, the line is a woman being slapped during sex. That's too much for them. For some people, it's scat play and, you know, the extreme line. So I would say ethics is something that lines up with how you believe and how you feel morally and ethically and what lines up with your, you know, value system. And and it's something that's not making you stretch those beyond your comfort level. It's okay to kind of test boundaries and see what you're interested in and and explore. But if you feel like you're consuming porn and it's causing you like a mental anguish of moral dilemma, I think that that doesn't align with your ethics. But to be more specific, I would say ethical porn, when I say produced in an ethical manner, there's some productions that they don't give you full information as a performer. They rush the production so you're not able to get in a correct mind space or even wind down after an intense scene. And that may feel like a violation at at the end of the day, because when you're not put in a position of comfort, and I'm not saying like performers need to be treated like, but you know, when you're putting your entire naked body out there for the world to see you, people around you working around, you do have to have a little bit more sensitivity to giving you your space to prepare yourself for that kind of performance. So I think ethics comes down to a number of things. If Are they paid properly to their fair, a fair pay rate or were they negotiated down that I don't think that's ethical. Were they given, you know, proper food and care on set or were they just told like, here's some dry snacks and water and they're trying to push through and get all of this energy out of situations like that. There's so many things that go into ethics. It's literally, how do you treat people on set? How do you treat people through the process of booking? How do you treat people once they're paid and they're off your set? You know, cause there's so many times between the booking phases where you're kind of treated just like, I wouldn't say a number, but it's just in and out, which robotic, let's get it done. Like a conveyor belt of just yes, no questions, get it done, get it done. Here's the location. You're done. Good. That I wouldn't say is unethical, but it starts to lean into that territory when people don't feel they have space or time to speak up or ask questions. So I know I said a lot for that, but you know, I get asked this question often and I really think that they, people want an easy answer. Well, if you see this on screen, this is unethical. And if you see that on screen, that's, it's not that easy because what it really comes down to is how does a production actually treat and value the performers that are making its money? I think that that answer is so fabulous because I never even thought about 
kind of the kink shaming side and like the actual act that is happening on the porn. When I think of ethical porn, my thought immediately went to consent, proper pay, negotiation of what that all looks like. And that side of things, you know, we talk about Pornhub a lot of times is one of those places where maybe you can find ethical porn there, but they're not necessarily known as a place to go for ethical porn. And so that was kind of what comes to mind for me is that side. So I love that you brought all that up. Right. And it's, it's surprising that people don't know that you can go to Pornhub for ethical porn. I mean, yes, it is like the large marketplace where you can find everything under the sun and most of it is mainstream. But if you tailor your certain words or things to that nature to kind of be more skewed in a way, you could even type in ethical, you could even type in feminist, you could type in different words. It might not be exactly that, but it might take you out of the realm of like the mainstream hall on the tube site. But there are so many independent content creators on Pornhub uploading their own personal content. It may be with their own partners at home or people that they know. And yeah, most of the times, those are the things that, that are coming into play is negotiations. Are there, is there room to ask questions? Is there time or is it rushed? You know? So yeah, I, another good tube site is actually X hamster. That's another one that actually really pays attention to the women search engine kind of options and stuff like that. They're really women centric as far as paying attention to the things that we like, what we're into, and kind of trying to push those more at the forefront of the main page. I love that. And that's good to know that there are some other good resources. Something I was just kind of looking up here was I never even thought about people posting their own homemade porn videos, especially like exhibitionists that sometimes they may have a lot of joy or pleasure out of other people watching them. And sometimes like porn doesn't necessarily this whole production, so to speak. It could be more of just like, hey, this is me and my partner at home and I enjoy sharing it for other people to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons for the rise in OnlyFans. They're not all professional porn stars that have created um, content on there. And, and people are realizing this is an outlet to either A, make money or express themselves sexually if they have that exhibitionist streak, which I love. But if we want to go into what are some ethical, like actual production companies, Pink and White Productions from up in San Francisco is a good one. You can straight up type in their name into a search engine, that might be a better way of figuring out what it is that they offer. But that's another one that kind of, I really like their approach when they do um, the crash pad series, they allow the performers themselves to determine what kind of sex they're going to have. So it's not pre-prescribed. It's the performers themselves, the way normal people would when we're about to have sex, figure out what type of sex we're about to have based on what we like and what we're going to interested in each other, you know? So I really like that because it always comes out with a, you never know what you're going to get kind of fun sex scene. And then another good one is foreplay films. That's up and coming. Another good one is Erica Lust. Another good one is King Noir and Jasmine's. I feel like it's Royal Fetish Productions. Yeah. Royal fetish. Yeah. I did think of the the names. It's like, I always see logos before I see names. 
So yeah, those are a few. I've heard of Black Touch. I've not met those people, but what I see online seems great. And their philosophy about the way that they conduct themselves. So that's another thing to look out for. If you're confused about where or who is actually producing ethical porn, look at the production company page, look at the producer's Instagram, look at their Twitter, look at the director's Instagram or Twitter, see the way they talk see the way they talk about their performers. You know, if it's like these bitches always show up late or never on time, then you kind of know that (laughs) that's their attitude about the people that they work with. Or if it's, I am so, you know, honored and proud to be able to work with such like sexual professionals, then they see it in a more ethical way. So that's another way of determining what's what. I love that. And I think that actually brings up a, a good point is that even with these consented ethical porn situations, sometimes you can use language like some women may enjoy or some partners may enjoy being talked down to and being called bitch in the middle of the act. So there is that normal side of that too, that would still be considered ethical yeah. in in my opinion, but that could be different for somebody else. Yeah, totally. I mean, and that's what I say when it comes down to ethical porn, it's what's your own personal ethics. And I think that is the wonderful thing that I love about porn, but it's also the thing that causes us a lot of strife because that's why the outside world wants to regulate us so much because their morals don't line up with our morals and what we consider ethical as far as sexual expression is not massively accepted as what is sexually ethical. So it's a whole thing, but I think Personally, if you do a little bit of research, you can see where you will want to land. Yeah. And you brought up the way the sex industry is viewed by some individuals. And there's so much shame associated with talking about sexual health. I mean, we see this on Instagram when people are banned. I know, I think you're friends with Miss Sapphire. And she talks about that a lot. Part of why she took her podcast, she is no longer continuing her podcast, but there is all of this like shadow banning. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. It definitely seems like Instagram and those kinds of major social networks just see us as pariahs and don't actually see us as sexual business professionals, which we are. This is legal work that we're doing. And even in the case when it's not legal, there's so many illegal things that I see on Instagram and Twitter that don't get banned. So I don't understand the obsession. Well, I mean, I do understand the obsession. It's sex. They're obsessed with sex. And honestly, I think a part of those kinds of people's mentality is they really do enjoy controlling the way other people have sex, whether it's a conscious enjoyment or not. It's the kind of people that would say like, oh, did you hear so-and-so's having sex and doing this when we were in high school? And who gives a fuck? That's their personal business. It's like that kind of shaming and, and institutional invalidation of our work. Yeah. And I'm the girl over there that's like, well, did they enjoy it? And like, yeah. I'm all about, you know, if no, they liked it, who gives a shit what they did? They had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about fun and enjoying myself and expressing myself and having the world be a place where other people can enjoy and express themselves freely. So I'm always going to push back against that that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So why is it important to support ethical porn over, quote, non-ethical porn? Well, I mean, the reality is ethical porn is what 
porn wants to be and is what people want porn to be. The non-ethical porn that exists where people are maybe lied to, coerced, assaulted even in the worst cases, that I would con- I honestly personally do not believe that that those people belong in the porn industry. I believe that those people are what makes sex and the idea of sex and porn feel insidious because of the permeation of these kinds of people in our industry, which is sad because it's not even the majority. I, having been in the industry for now um, nine years, know that most of the people in our industry are really loving, caring, open-minded, honest-to-goodness people that just enjoy having sex and being around that kind of lifestyle. And then there's like the 10% of people that like to use that to manipulate, coerce, gain, come up off of other people. And that's always what gets put out there the most. That's always what gets broadcast. That's what gets, you know, put into news stories is those kinds of people. You do not hear about the, the, the porn star that's been working 20 plus years and runs, you know, an animal shelter, even though that is a real person, you hear about the bottoms out, people that got lied to by producers, they got raped, that got left out in the cold somewhere and had to hitchhike their way home. You hear about always the tragedies. And I feel like that is a tragedy in of itself because our world and the world of sex and sexual expression is not inherently insidious. And I feel like people's focus on porn being traumatic is a part, is a kind of weird porn itself, like trauma porn. Like they are also expecting porn to be traumatic. And that's like a kind of porn in itself because it's actually not as traumatic as people would like it to be to prove their moralistic points, you know? And I think that's part of the largely the like political and social media push against us. They don't want to see independent women like myself, single mothers, porn stars actually being successful and thriving and not living a life of stress. They they can control one little aspect to see, look at those whores living awful lives and they don't make enough money and they're begging in the streets. No, we're not begging in the streets. We literally just want our business to be visible because it's legal and we are making a lot of money with it. And you're enjoying yourself. I don't know. I kind of went off, but. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you're so right. It's just, if this is how an individual chooses to make money, whatever that looks like, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It's none of your business. And as long as you feel comfortable with what you are doing, at the end of the day, it's your decision. It's your life. And why do other people feel the need to step in and place their own perspective on to how you should live your life. Yeah. And what's unfortunate that, of course, like we women, independent, making our own money, or even the male and non-binary sex workers that making their own money off of sex, you know, we're shadow banned, yet people like conservative, crazy people that are literally pushing like false agendas, like the Alex Jones guy who didn't get deplatformed until years later. And so many people screaming and hurt parents screaming about how he was making up false stories about all of the things that happened with like children that died and all of this stuff. And that type of stuff does not get deplatformed yet. The moment you see too much butt cheek, oh my God, shadow ban, cast to hell. How dare you? You're ruining children's lives. Oh, okay. But we can shoot children up at school. That's cool. But don't you dare let a child see a butt cheek. Then their life is over. 
Yeah, that's the, that's the moment life ends. The moment you see a fucking another woman's butt cheek, it's over. <laughs> You're corrupted. It's so interesting too how like on Instagram there is a difference between bodies as well. So if it is a quote ideal body, you're less likely to be shadow banned. But if it is a quote non-traditional preferred body style, you're more likely to be shadow banned. And I have seen it happen to my friends and it's crazy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's really so in our face and it's so blatant and they are not ever held accountable. They're not capable of addressing things directly. And it's really, really upsetting that this has become something that we all use daily and depend on and they can't be held accountable in any kind of way. I feel the same way about Google and stuff. People want to blame porn because it's so easily accessible. Who makes it accessible? Where does porn live on the internet? Who controls the internet? The search engines. That's where you first originally type stuff in. Even if you just go straight into your web browser and you just type sex, it'll take you to the Google search drop of sex. And that's what I'm talking about. People want to blame porn for how easily accessible it is. The search engines themselves can reorganize the algorithms to make tube sites, sex sites, anything of that nature less prominent in the first pages of searches. Because I, I, I know that that is the case. You don't even have to type in the word sex. Sometimes you can just type in like black leggings and accidentally end up with some horny ass posts about black leggings and you're literally just shopping for black leggings. So I do think that is a problem. And I don't think that lies on the porn companies at all, because how is it that a child innocent at the age of 10 can type in a search engine black leggings because they're looking for black leggings and then they get exposed to some fucked up horny porn that wasn't meant for children. It was meant for adult entertainment. And then the entertainment is blamed. I don't think that that is, is ethical or right either for people that want to like tout the way this affects society. Society itself is not even holding the right perpetrators accountable. So they put all of this shadow banning on Google over certain things. They have the control, but they choose when they want to use that control and they choose how to use it to potentially manipulate the population. I think so. I think so. I definitely think so. And it's really unfortunate because it's creating, I think it's creating all of the like frustration and upset that we have amongst people, amongst genders, amongst generations, just because people aren't really understanding each other. And I mean, honestly, if they put more of the like sex educator, sex educational, sexual wellness stuff to the front of search results as opposed to just extreme hardcore tube sites and nothing against that. That's where I work. I love extreme hardcore porn, but I I, I do understand too, that that's not what needs to be at the front page of searches, especially on the front page of innocent searches that have nothing to do with sex, but they somehow still make their way into those search results. It's unfortunate because 
I kind of remember something that having to do like with radio programming too in the nineties, that was sort of similar, like with all of the programming of gangster rap and like that kind of misogynistic music, even though at the time there was still like conscious rap being produced, that's not what got put out on the radio waves to be put into the masses, to be put into the people's ears. And it's, I don't know, it's in my mind, it's like a weird insidious way of kind of like mind control without being too conspiracy theorist, but it's no, they, they like people in this state of the powers that be enjoy it because we're running around in circles. We're needing therapy. We're needing medicine. We're needing help. We're needing drugs. We're needing alcohol. We're needing treatment. We're needing, needing, needing in a constant state of needing something. And that produces economy and it's a really fucked up cycle. (laughs) But I think, honestly, I think many things can be healed through sex and understanding each other and just being open to hearing each other's stories sexually and not judging. Yes, you are so, so right. Now, you brought up something about kids. And the reality is most kids learn about sex through porn. They stumble across it at some point. It's how it happens. Part of the work that I do as a sexual health educator is helping parents feel more confident to talk to their children about sex. Because that's one of the big things, too. If you didn't have that good education, how are you going to talk to your kids about it if you don't feel confident with that conversation? And so are there any good resources for kids to learn about sex in terms of like porn? Like it it seems kind of counterintuitive, but at the same time, they're all going there. Yeah, exactly. I know, exactly. There, gosh, I can't, I can't think of the name exactly, but I feel like it's like silver teen or something like that. Something with the word S and then teen at the end. I'm, I'm, blinking on the actual name, but that seemed like one of the like best resources I had seen recently that was talking to kids, like it was for teens and it was talking about sex and gender and porn in a like way that wasn't like trying to scare them. It was, it seemed like it was talking to them on their level. I'm trying to think of what it was called. I don't think it was silver teen. It was something else teen. But anyway, yeah, there aren't that many resources that I know that exist. Mostly what I've heard is because parents are so afraid of where the message is coming from or who it's coming from that I've heard from some people that that it kind of ends up stalling the the advancement of that business or, or education series. One thing I remember recently I read, it was like on the East Coast, this lady, this educator, she was trying to actually introduce porn literacy to teenagers at her at the private school there. And of course, you know, the stupid ass parents that be like ruined it. And that whole program didn't become anything. And they also misinterpreted it. And they're like, you're going to be showing our kids porn in school. And like, no, but they're fucking watching it at home, Martha, wake up. Like, damn, it was just like, I was just so disheartening reading this news article, because I was like, dude, this is exactly what kids would need. And it was coming from a person that is exactly the type of person you would want it to come from an educated person, master's degree, study, sexual women's studies, all this stuff up, upstanding in the eyes of parents, you know, like moral, and they still wouldn't even take it from this person. And I'm like, okay, so they definitely wouldn't want to hear about sex education from a porn performer. But even though I'm the most educated more so than them and their like one to two, three boyfriends that they had before they got married type of life, you know? And I'm just saying this is like average mom, dad, normal conservative parent upbringing. And it's really unfortunate because 
yeah, kids, they see porn and it's exciting. It's I, I, I like it to the way kids see porn when they, they see it underage is like candy on a table. When you put candy on a table, the kid is going to eat the fucking candy. They see it, their eyes light up, they're going to get excited, they're going to eat it. And even if you say, there's candy on the table, but don't eat it, don't touch it, they're going to do all the sneaking and, and then they're going to sneak a candy. And that's what happens with tube site porn, free porn. If you talk to your kids and you teach them about real relationships or real interactions or their body, their consent type stuff from a small age, like from the age of three, my kid knew about their body parts, you know, around age like seven, it was about consent and touching by the age of 10. I asked them, do you know what consent means? And they said, yeah, mom, it's an agreement between two people. Simple. But they understood the concept. And it's if you're not teaching your own kid this, how the fuck do you think that they're even going to fare at the age of 16 when Bobby, the hot guy, is squeezing their boobs and going down their pants? Or when I've even seen it where the hot cheerleader girl is trying to get with your son and he's not fucking ready. How are, do you know how your kids are going to handle that? Because I've been a teen and I've seen it both ways with my friends, with the guy not being ready and the girl was super ready or the girls not being ready and being pressured into stuff. And you don't even talk to your kids about basic consent that, that those are the situations that they're really going to be in and they're not going to know how to deal with it. Fuck, give a fuck about porn because really what it comes down to is the basics act of does your kid know how to say no with confidence and do they know how to say what they want? with confidence. Yes, I have a bunch of episodes coming up all about sexual health in schools and talking like parents talking to their kids and things, because it is such an important thing. And you, you brought up the whole private school situation. The biggest problem I see with schools is that we need to get this education in there. And the parents are like, oh, well, they need to learn it, but they, they're not going to learn it at home. And I'm not okay with the school teaching it. So where are they supposed to get it? Exactly. Porn. That's where they go. The internet or each other. And, oh, I heard this and look at this funny TikTok. And I get it. I was a kid too. We didn't have the internet in, in such a serious manner of our lives. We definitely were looking at like magazines or, you know, pay-per-view sites or someone's dad left this like password on. So we went and looked at something. We found our ways too. It's like I said, it was candy on the open table and we were going to eat it and find a way to eat it no matter what. But I think if you educate your kids and, and give them the freedom to know how to talk to you in the space and the comfort to come to you, or even just have conversations. Like if you're just watching a movie with your teen and the sex scene comes on, don't turn it off or fast forward it. Don't make them close their eyes. Instead, lean into it and maybe talk to them about the way that the sex scene played out. I mean, it might, it's going to be fucking awkward. I don't give a fuck. It's going to be awkward, but deal with it. I, I would rather deal with an awkward conversation with my teenager where I'm in charge of the conversation rather than, years later trying to help them come out of like a, a, a situation that could have been prevented because they didn't even know how to deal with it or something, whether it be pregnancy, assault, blah, 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 blah. There's a whole bunch of negative things that can happen out of sex and not understanding sex. And I would love for my team to never have to deal with that. <laughs> so I'm talking to them, but yeah, I mean, there's been times like when a sex scene comes on a movie and I'm just like, Oh, what do you think about how he grabbed her? Or, or what do you think about like the way that ended? Is that something that like, did she look like she enjoyed it? Or does it look like, you know, like ask those kinds of questions and get your team to think about it and what that looks like and feels like, or even if it was a good, be like, whoa, that was that, that now that is the way it should happen. 
you can just leave it as there's a good one. Like, like if it's that awkward, just be like, okay, and that's the way it happens. That's a good way of how it goes. I know it's going to be awkward, but I really think we parents, we have to be the ones to step in and step it up. No one is going to save your teen, but you. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's such good advice. And anytime you have a hard conversation, whether it's with your kid about porn, whether it's a difficult conversation with a partner, difficult conversation with a parent, it's awkward. Nobody enjoys it, but you feel so much better and you can confidently know where your children stand, what more information they need. You can just feel so much more confident in what information they're getting too if you start the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Cause you'll be surprised. You'd be surprised. And sometimes you'll be surprised in a positive way. Like, Oh, you were already in a situation and you already handled it. So I already taught you the good things. Oh, this, but you won't know unless you talk with your kids. So I feel like parents really have to step it up and be a bit more involved. And one of the things I'm just realizing with the way that the whole entire world is moving. Yes. It's like in the early, like in the eighties, nineties, like we're moving towards like in the fifties, sixties, like automation, everything needs to be easier, smoother, make everything easier, everything easier. And I get that. And now it's come to a point where everything is so easy that we now have to be a bit more involved in it. Like even as a porn star, I used to just be able to show up on set, make my money and go home. Now I have my sites. Now I have my social media things and my, all of those things, my DMs, I have to keep up with with my fans. So it's a lot more involved, but With that said, I'm a lot more in control and I have more freedom too. And it's the same thing with parenting. I think you have to be a lot more involved with your kid. You have to be a lot more interested in their interests and know what what it is that they're into because there's so much internet access at all times coming at them that, yeah, it's gotten too easy and now it's too automated and now you have to be more involved. And it's maybe even with food consumption too. It's too easy to just get all anything you want and what tastes and what's available. So you have to be more involved in researching what's a good company that's not poisoning me with mess, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. You just got to be more involved, period. Now, I would love to kind of pick your brain and switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about what the journey is like as a porn star. Like, how did you get into this? You said it's been nine years Tell me a little bit more of what that looks like. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I mean, wow. To be honest, I didn't come into this industry with like a business minded concept at all. It was totally about freedom of self-expression and kind of just like my way of like saying fuck off society. I'm deciding to go off on, on this deep end of self-discovery and sexual exploration because the way everyone saw your entrance into porn was like, that's it, that you're done. You're dead in the water. It's the point of no return. You can never come back, you know? So I was like, all right, I'm ready to never come back, I guess. And that's not what I experienced. You know, I experienced the people that do have that kind of experience of where they don't come back or they bottom out or you you don't see them or hear from them anymore after six months to two years is because of the unethical situations they've been put in that made them compromise themselves, that made them feel ashamed, humiliated, and demoralized. And those are the things that we hear about, about the porn industry. And those are the things that I started to realize were what caused the stigma of our industry, even though that wasn't the common experience, it might've been an experience that many people held, but it wasn't like everyone goes through this, you know? And I felt kind of a little bit too privileged in not having had 
really bad experiences. So I really wanted to help other people not have those experiences. I had friends and I I just wanted to kind of get people aware of the right decisions that they need to make to be actually successful in our industry. Because a lot of times the people that are successful, they just got told the right things at the right time. And a lot of people that didn't make it as as easily is because they got gaslit or told lies or got steered in the wrong direction that cost them thousands of dollars. And then how can you recoup from that when you're already working in an industry so heavily stigmatized that you can't step outside of it and get other work? Or that's what you're told. I had I had side jobs when I had first started working and I was just so paranoid, worrying like, oh my God, people are going to find out. And that wasn't the case. And then I was like, okay, it just kind of shifted my mindset. The further I got in, I was like, all right, you can make a business out of this. All right, you can actually help people make this industry better instead of just saying, oh, it sucks. Those people suck. You can inform people and make people aware. And so it just kind of each year just kind of started shaping me more into the advocate and performer and activist that I am, which is not originally my, my first goal. I, I really just wanted to express myself sexually, make some money. I wanted to go to swinger parties, but they were expensive. So I was like, how do I do swinger stuff, but not pay swinger funds? So I was like, oh, make money while doing it in porn. <laughs> so seriously, yeah, <laughs> it, like it had to change my whole mindset as the years went on. But I felt like Like me doing this is way more valuable than me just trying to constantly have more sex. I'm having sex, but I feel like me putting my passions into this part of the industry helps elevate it a lot more than me just being another cog in the system. Fucking, fucking, fucking. We're all going to see beautiful bodies fucking. I want to see more beautiful types of bodies fucking, different types of beautiful bodies fucking, and not being demoralized because they got fed the wrong info. Yes. Now I am really curious to know, do you get to pick ever like who you want to be intimate with? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's great. It is great. Sometimes I would say it's 50, 50, you know, so half of the time the studio or production company already has who they have in mind and you can decide, you can still decide. And it's like, okay, either yes, I will take this booking and work with the person that you've chosen for me or no, they're on my no list or no, I'm not going to work with that person. So you always have a choice, but then sometimes you get the even more beautiful choice of like, who do you want to work with you? And then you're like, oh, wow, I could just submit a name. And then that's pretty fun because then you're just like, oh, wow, who would I like to? So yeah, I love that. I love when they let you pick, but I mean, it's also fun when they don't because it's kind of like a fun, like, ooh, mysterious grab bat. Like, who did you pick for me? I love that. I feel like that would be so fun to be able to like have your say. Like it's out, I hate to compare it to this, but it's like out in the real world where you yeah. just, you go to the club and you're like, okay, that's what I want. But in this situation, yeah. that's what you get. Ooh. You get, yeah, you can really get them. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, actually, one of my scenes that I had filmed earlier this year was that it was kind of a surprise, but I gave them a short list of five guys that I would choose from. And then they just chose but then I didn't know until I got to set which of the five dudes they choose. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, that was pretty that fun. That sounds like a ton of anticipation. And you're like, Ooh, who's gonna be there? What's this gonna be? Like? Yeah, yeah. Like he's gonna walk through the door. It was just like killing me. It was so fun, though, to do it that way totally a little bit different but yeah totally fun love it I love it well thank you so much for chatting with me today this has been a wonderful informational conversation and I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me I am curious if there's one thing that the listeners take away from today's uh, chat what would you like it to be one thing you 
I would say you should take things into your own hands. Whether you're a parent worried about your kid, whether you're a single person trying to get off and find the best ethical porn, whatever it is, you got to take things into your own hands and do that research because you will find what you are looking for, but you got to do it yourself. (laughs) Yes. I think that's great advice. And I think that that flows into all areas of life, even outside of this is just take control of your own shit, period. Where can the listeners find you at? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram under the same name at It's Lotus Lane. So you're going to put the at symbol and then type in I-T-S-L-O-T-U-S-L-A-I-N. So that's where you find me for Twitter, Instagram, and of course, my OnlyFans. I'm also on Pornhub under Lotus Lane. So yes, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. And hopefully you guys enjoy. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much. I will be sure to put all those links in the show notes so that people can find them as well. So thank you. Have a wonderful day. This episode is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. By shopping, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.